You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, John Tempesta, is the drummer with The Cult and Motor Sister and is known for his time with White Zombie, Rob Zombie, Exodus, Testament, Helmet, and others. John joins me on a day off on the Cult Tour to talk about how he got his start in drums, the adventures he has had along the way, and what he is up to now. So come along with me as I catch up with John Tempesta. Johnny T, welcome to the podcast. Sarah, so good to see you. How are you? It's so good to see you too. I'm really great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm I'm well, thank you. I'm finally back on tour after two and a half years sitting around. So it's our first week and I couldn't be happy. The shows are going well and the, the crowds are really, uh, you know, amazing. And the band's great and yeah, everything's good. So I feel I normal it. put it that way. Right, you feel like it's real life again a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I'm like, home. Is this gonna? What's it gonna be? I, 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 you know, it was weird. It's been a week so far going to the airport, and like, well, we're actually this is happening. So, and I think everybody felt the same way. And but once, um, you know, the next day at the show, sound check, and once you get out there with the crowd, it just it just all made sense, and it was a great first show too. I love that. I'm sure it was. So, so you're out on tour with the Cult right now. The first. Mm-hmm. First dates that you've had since what was it, December 2019? I think you had said that was the last December 14, 2019 in Boston. It was our last show. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh my gosh. Right like here. Christmas time. It was cold. Yeah. Yes, I bet it was. Yeah. You know <laughs> um, it was. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so incredible. And yet, tell me about the audience. Like, how is the energy compared to how it used to be? Is it like, are, are people more intense about it now? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, they are really like, they've been waiting for this. I mean, and like for most people, and like seeing shows being locked down for so long. But yeah, I, I noticed a big difference in the crowd. Oh, they're singing the words. And Ian, I mean, at the band right now, we have a couple new members in the band. And, uh, and so far, they're getting near their legs, you know, into it. And yeah, it's great. I mean, wearing that Zeppelin shirt is a member uh, kind of in the family. The new bass player Charlie Jones, who paid, who actually played with Page and Plant. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and his father-in-law is Robert Plant, so it's pretty cool. How cool is that? His well, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of questions from daily. It's like, so tell me about so what do you got for me? You know, so this is really? gonna be an amazing tour, and he's so happy to talk about it. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Are you like, what are holidays like, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Is Robert coming to the show tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. That is super, super cool. I love that. And he's an Um, amazing bass player. So we're really clicking and finding ourselves now. And it's, uh, I couldn't be happier. Oh, I love that. And I know you're a Zeppelin fan, too. So that's super cool. That's super cool. (laughs) I mean, who isn't, right? What what drummer isn't a Zeppelin fan? And exactly. I wonder if I saw him. I saw Page and Plant. One of my first concerts ever was a Page and Plant concert. So well, Michael Lee on drums? Yes. Yes. That was him. He had longer hair back then. Yes. I know. Wow. That's amazing. You know what's really funny? We we played a festival in uh, Rio back in 1995 when I was with White Zombie. And the day before, uh, Paige Plant played. They had the whole Indian orchestra and everything. And, the, and 
we were allowed on the side of the stage and I had my, I just bought like this high eight video camera and I'm filming it. I, ha I have a lot of the concert on, on film until someone told me to put the camera down and I need to try I haven't seen it since I have to transfer it. Hopefully it still works. I, I told Charlie I have the whole, most of the concert on there How from cool. the side of the stage. Yeah. From the Kill. side of the stage, yes. Yeah, that was 95 when I saw them, too. So right. that's, that's incredible. And they played with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, and I just remember oh. them playing Cashmere and all the strings, you know, just, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I'll never forget. It just, powerful. you know, so powerful and kind of, like, life-changing in a way, you know, like yeah. just making you have a different appreciation for. Absolutely. Yeah, those guys, they're one of the best bands ever for, for me anyhow, so. Absolutely. And actually, let's talk a little bit about like you when you were a kid and getting into playing and all of that. How like what was the moment when you realized you wanted to be a drummer? Uh, I've always loved drums. Um, my neighbor, Charlie Castelluccio, I'll tell you the full story. He's okay. old. He's my oldest brother's age. So he was a next door neighbor. I live in the Bronx. Yeah, everything's kind of attached. There's just like a fence over it. You bring everything over. So he had a blue sparkle drum kit and I always looked up to him. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I just watching him play. And I was about what, 10, 11 years old. And so um, he moved up to a gold sparkle drum kit, a bigger kit. And he asked my mom's like, uh, I'll sell Johnny the drum kit for $25. I'm like, mom, you know, beggar and stuff. And, uh, and she got you have to get this. And so she did. She agreed. And we took the drums right over the porch, basically into the basement. And um, I set them up. My mom had a little, you know, my mom does hair in the basement down there. And I set them up down there and cleaned them and put jewelry around the drums. And I, I just started practicing and practicing. And one of the first songs I think I tried to learn was um, Black Dog. So. Oh, I love that. So, so good. And then Charlie... Um, Knowing I was getting into it, he had tickets for uh, David Bowie in 1977. So he asked my mom if he could take me to the concert at Madison Square Garden. And we took the train down and I seen Dennis Davis play on the side of the stage. I had a view from the side, which was great because I had a full view of him. And that changed my life. That was it. I was like, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play Madison Square Garden. And uh, yeah, ever since then, then they started really getting into it and taking drum lessons and met my local drum teacher and, and mentor, John Spina. And really, yeah, did That's it. Amazing. And then again, like you went to a concert, you yeah. had that experience and it was, it was life-changing. Like, this is what I want to do. And I, yeah, yeah. I seeing the crowd, the feeling of the crowd. And I mean, it was magic for me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And now to think that you're like, you are, causing that for other people like full circle you know <laughs> causing that <them> mayhem <laughs> <laughs> no it's fun i've been very fortunate and blessed and played in a lot of great bands and i and i i believe the first time i met you is when we played um i i, I was with helmet right you were you were with helmet yeah it was probably like i don't even know maybe like 2004 possibly Four. it was 2004 yeah. What was the what was the club? What was that? Uh... You guys played Avalon when it was still Avalon. Avalon. Yeah, yes, on Lansdowne Street. That's right. Fenway, and right. Yeah, yeah. I was like brand new to Zildjian, and it was one of my first shows actually that I went to, and I was so excited to meet you. And oh. then 
know, oh my gosh, I met you and I was just like, we're going to be friends forever. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, instant connection. Yeah, Big Red brought you John Sorenston, and like my buddy. And uh, yes. so, yeah, Thuris, she's a, you know, it's just going to be so cool. And that was it, man. Yeah. So much fun. And I have a picture. I, I'll have to post it. I have a picture oh, from, from that night. We look like babies, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it was so much fun and such a, such a great show. Um, and I knew of you because you had been playing with White Zombie and mm -hmm. and White Zombie before that. And I had seen you play a few different times. I think you were, was it OzFest or? Yeah. Or yeah, it was the OzFest that you guys were on. It was so, so great. Not, it was Rob Zombie on OzFest. Never oh, was it? Zombie. So okay. our first time with uh, Rob was in 1999. Black Sabbath headline. Yes. Yeah. That yes, was a yes, that was that was what I was thinking of. Exactly. Yeah. Um so good. Such a great, great show. Um yeah. always. And you've had like I mean the succession of bands that you've been in has been so great. Just you know, I I love that um you talk about the timing of everything because absolutely you were, right, like you were a cult a fan of the cult. Like, I was, yeah. And, and now, and I mean, it must feel amazing to like now kind of come full circle and be in the band. And it is, but it took me a while. I'll tell you the story. Like, I was just telling my drum tech, I seen the cult with Charlie Bonanti in 87 on electric tour at, at you know, at the mm -hmm. Paramount in Madison Square Garden, the, the, the lower level. You know, I'm like, yeah, man, these guys are great, but they need a better drummer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but later when they broke up after 2000 and they got back to, together in 2005, I got a call from my friends in there. They're looking for a drummer and like, oh, really? Those guys again? Because 13 years prior, Ron Lafitte was their manager, a friend, good friend of mine back in the day. He goes, Listen, they're looking for a drummer. I was still in Testament. This is like 93, 94. Yeah. And he goes, I think you'd be perfect, you know? I know you're a fan and, you know, the way you, you style, the look, the whole thing, what they want. I was like, okay, cool, I'm down. And I just felt so confident, like, I'm gonna get this gig, right? So I'm like, my friend drops me off. And I don't think I even had a car, that's why he dropped me off. And it was like, I don't know what I was doing. So went to Third Encore Studios. I'm like, I'm here for the cult audition. And the, the receptionist goes, oh, they're not here. I'm like, what do you mean they're not here? I'm supposed to audition, I'm like, oh, they're done. I'm like, what? So my friend drops me off, and this is before cell phones and all that, and I had to find a pay phone. It's like 100 degrees out. I'm like, God, I'm, no. you know, I'm pissed off. So I'm like, Ron, what's going on? And he goes, oh, man, are you kidding me? I know those guys are nuts. But on the other side of things, because I didn't get the gig, I joined White Zombie. So that, 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 that just changed everything for me. And then, you know, 13 years later, I'm, I'm with the cult for 16 years now. So... Timing is everything. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's amazing. And um, and you actually did some gigs with um, Exodus again last last year, right? I did. Yeah. T Tom Tom the drummer had called me. He had cancer, and uh, you know he went through surgery, and he was hoping to be back on his feet, but he wasn't. And he goes, "If I can't, would you be willing to do it?" It's like, well, uh, let me think about this. Look, <laughs> I haven't played with Exodus in twenty eight years, and thrash you know i i filled in for testament like you know about 10 years prior but you know it wasn't my thing again and uh so i, like, I talked to gary goes yeah you could do it it'll be fun i'm like hell yeah i'm gonna do it man i'm, I'm you know helping my brother out so it was a lot of fun it was kind of nervous it was like our first show in vegas and 
the first show was in Vegas Psycho Circus at a big arena. It's so loud and but it was good, you know, had fun with the boys and was it's nice to go back to your roots again. Yeah, right, exactly. And and that was like, I mean, you probably hadn't played too much before that during the quarantine too. So like getting back getting back into that, that must have been fun. It was, you know, I was like, I gotta get my double bass. I always have a big double bass kit in my drum room, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm half fast. <laughs> like I better I better go back to twenty-two inch bass rooms on this <laughs> floor. You know, so let's keep it a little tighter, and you know. So I got the hang of it. It was fun. Only one rehearsal, and I just went up and did it. So it was great. Wow, that's so yeah, great. Gary actually came over. He flew up from the Bay Area, and I have a rolling kit in my uh, my spare room there, my drum room, and so we jammed kind of just us and went over everything. It was fun. That's so great. That's so <laughs> so great. And and prior to that, like what. What did you find yourself doing during the quarantine? Were you, uh, did you have time to play? Did you have I time? Did. To I, have, I have the rolling kit in my house. I have my drum room and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. which I could go to. It's, you know, no one's there. I have key access and did the quarantine jams with a lot of people. So that was fun. Um, we actually, my other band, Motor Sister, um, I'm not sure if you know of, um, yeah. Uh, we have a new record coming out, and we we just I just finished recording my drum tracks at Six Hundred Six Studio, Dave Studio, and cool. I found out I just found out a friend of mine knows of someone that works at the governor's office in California, and she's the one that gave me warning they're going to do a lockdown like tomorrow or the next day. So I told everyone so, and they really freaked out. I'm like. I like, and I just finished my drum track. So I went to the market and just stocked up. And yeah, two days later it was a big lockdown, but I had a head start of it and just told everyone. And um, wow. yeah, pretty wild. And so now the album's actually finally finished. It's coming out May 6th. So that's so cool. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that band because the, the lineup is crazy and awesome. So yeah. <laughs> tell us about it. Well, Jim Wilson, the singer, guitar player, he played in Mother Superior, which used to be Henry Rollins' backup band, great band. And Scott and Pearl, Scott Ian and his wife Pearl Day, big fans. And so Scott had his 50th birthday party at his house. I'm like, dude, we should just do some motor jams for Jim. And we did. We're like, this needs to turn into a record. And a couple months later, we're in the studio, recorded a record all live in two days. And so it became this thing. And whenever we have time, we jam. And so we did this record, which we're really excited about because it's all from us. The prior record was Jim's stuff from Mother Superior. We just mm -hmm. redid it, made it a bit heavier. So now we shot a video a few weeks ago. And as soon as they get done with this tour on May 11th in San Diego, we're playing a show at the Whiskey on the 15th, the Whiskey uh, Go-Go in LA with this for a record release party. Then I fly to the UK on the 20th. And we're, we're doing uh, shows with Alice Cooper, co-headlining tour out there. A handful so of shows. Cool. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, you sit around for a while, but all of a sudden it's like, bah, 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 which is great. Right? It all, it's all coming yeah. flooding back. Oh, it's coming full music, oh my gosh, the music too is so good. I've heard some clips and, and it's, mm, it's so great. You. So it's anyone exciting. listening, check that yeah. out. So you said the album comes out May 11th? Yeah, uh, May 6th. May, May 6th? 6th, yeah. Yeah, the album, Motor Sister, called Get Off. And you, you could actually get some songs right now on Spotify, Apple Music. It's out there. And the new video will be out shortly. So it's it's exciting. It's like it's got that old, like, 70s rock group to it. Aerosmith meets Kiss meets Cheap Trick and all the good stuff. Thin Lizzy. 
that's a great way to describe it actually that's so great and the visuals are great too like i feel like the visuals are old school too just like the yeah. you know the art um, the video the video talk about like 70s it's yes very very yeah. cool yeah it definitely it definitely fits yeah so mm -hmm. so anyone listening i'll put some links but um definitely mm -hmm. worth checking out when i saw that i was like yes this is what we need right now <laughs> well, in that studio man the job the 606 Studios, unbelievable. Yeah. Tell tell me about that too. So Dave Grohl 606 Studios, where you recorded. Yeah. Um, how was that experience? It was incredible. I mean, you see everything, Food Fighters and Nirvana, and they have a whole locker upstairs of all the gear stored there. So, and I have access to anything I wanted to use. So, you know, like Taylor stuff. You know, I yeah, know. stuff is up. You know, anything I wanted access to and. Uh, but the room itself is just unbelievable. I mean, we didn't put really much on the drums itself. It's just natural sounding. And I couldn't be happier with the mix and just the, the production of it all. Yeah. 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 Like I said, it sounds really great. So, so good, this is special. Problem. Yeah. And it, it, it's a, you know, this one's for, for all of us, you know, knowing him. It's a dedication to him, too. So I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, He's he's left a big legacy behind, and you know we're yeah. we're all we're all left changed by him. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm excited that you had that experience too. And me too. Um, yeah, it's so good. And I do I want to talk a little bit about your sound too because you you have a a pretty like signature sound. I would say you have. You're a heavy hitter, you're a big hitter, you know, and you play, like you were saying, you know, big, big drums and, and everything, but you have finesse to your playing. And I'm just wondering, like, did that come from your, um, your education growing up or the kind of music you were listening to? Like, how did you figure that out? Definitely with the music I was listening to. Yeah, when I was younger, it's like the heavier you hit, the bigger sticks you play, the cooler you are, you know? The more similes you play. And I realized that later on, I'm like, no, this is not good. <laughs> My hands are killing me now after all those years, you know? But playing lighter sticks, it is finesse. And, it, you know, after a while, and um, I did learn that the cult taught me a valuable lesson about that, like technique and, you know, I mean dynamic especially with billy duffy and like you know you have to, you know you don't have to kill it to swing more like mark baziki playing this or yeah. you know and it's just more swing style and yeah you know, learning it with that i've become i think a, a better drummer from that and i don't i never get calluses i hardly break cymbals anymore it's like there are there are definitely parts in the songs where i'll i'll you know i'll bring out some energy but for the most part i try to uh you know, just stay more in the pocket, relax a bit. Absolutely, and that's smart. That's a that's like something that I think it's that comes. Keep me going is what it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You kind of like you learn over the years how to like uh, save your save yourself, save your energy, save, save yourself. Your there you go. Yes, yes. Yeah, because I mean, drumming is such a physical endeavor, and mm -hmm. you know, it just it takes a lot. Especially when you're headlining, playing like, you know, hour 20 hour and have set every night. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you are always in shape too. Like, uh, are you, do you do anything else to stay in shape or are you, is it just drumming, you know, nightly? No, I go to the, I, no, I go to the gym when I'm home, you know, 
I try to do like about five, six miles a day in ellipticals just to get my cardio going. I go to my dog park in the morning. I'm always, and I'm always constantly like on tour, especially. I look at my steps. Like I walk a lot. I can't stand still. I'm not one of those people that can sit on the bus. I just need to keep walking. So at the end of yeah. the day, I'm looking at 12,000 steps on my phone. Like, okay. Yeah, I can I can picture that. You have a lot of energy for sure. Oh, I, yes. I get that from my dad. <laughs> the Italian <laughs> <laughs> right no and it's so good like that's that's such a good thing and i think like we can think of like so many of our friends who are like that too like i'm kenny aronoff comes to mind and oh I feel like well kenny you know, like he, <laughs> if you talk about energy spectrum kenny's um, like at the absolute yeah. peak um he's got he's a bit ahead of me man yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think kenny he was doing a uh thing at sunset sound and um i, I let him borrow my uh my Tom a gold walnut kit because he wanted to check him out. So Sam yeah. Tom was like, hey, let, yeah, just let him borrow him. I'm not using him right now. And he's loving him. He's ordering a whole new kit. So it was cool to see Kenny actually playing on my drum kit in the studio. That I mean, super cool. You know, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love him. <laughs> um, <laughs> just I know. So, you hear his name, Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. just so funny. Yeah. I, I, this is the second podcast in a row, I think, I've, we, that we've talked about Kenny Aronoff. So I think Kenny's ah. going to have to come on. I, I, talk, I talked to him the other day. He's like everywhere at once. You know what I mean? Like he is to, to nail him down for like a, a period of time is nearly impossible. So um, we'll try to make it happen. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, just, he's everywhere. I know. I know. And you know, like you are part of this community of drummers um you're in la now right so you born in the bronx and spent time oh, in i've bronx. been in la long and in new york now but i still got the bronx accent man right. <laughs> it's just insane i go home for one day that's it i'm hanging out with my brother Vinny. he's like oh what are you doing over there you know it's a whole other story yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it being from boston and appreciating accents you know it's uh yeah, yeah. you guys have good. funny accents too we yeah. do we have yeah and i yeah, i yeah, I don't John know. Johnson does that guy. Yeah, Johnson, yes, yeah. My whole family has has like, like a super great Boston accent, and and somehow it. it skipped me, I guess. But um, <laughs> I, one generation, right? <laughs> yeah, skipped a generation, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so funny. I I love you know I cannot do accents, so I love it when someone has a great accent or can oh, do. I, I, yeah, and I love, like, uh, I told you, I was watching TV at a day off the other day, and, and the Wahlburgers were on my scene when Donnie brought his kid over to the factory. I was like, this is Sarah. Oh, yes. I was so yeah. cool. I was so happy. I'm like, look at this. I know oh, that man. room. I know the vault. I know this drum kit. I played on that drum kit right there. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you texted me, and you were like, I'm watching you on TV right now on Wahlburgers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. That was so much fun. That was a fun, fun day. Like, you know, how often do you have a, a re reality TV shoot happening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it, that and that kind of came about because Donnie's son is a drummer, and he had come in a couple of times to, like, select symbols and um, some of, and Donnie hadn't been able to make it with him. So he had like a, one of his best friends who is, I guess, one of the, the characters on the show too, or the guys on the show. Um, mm -hmm. and he would come in with Elijah, with 
with Donnie's son. And then it became this premise for an episode of the Wahlberger okay. show. So they okay. called and said, Hey, what do you think? Can we do this? And will you be part of it? And we'll mic you up. And I was just like, sure, <laughs> sure. We'll do it. Um, but I love so it. Fun. And like the nicest people too. I have to just give a shout out to, to that, the family and the team and stuff. Super. Oh, nice. it was great. It was great. And he's a good show with the kid. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he used to, uh, you know, and, and maybe maybe still, but get up and play during the New Kids on the Block shows. But he actually has, he's like producing music. He's got um, Pink Laces is his his group. And he's, yeah, making great music and stuff. So it's, it's nice when you see, because that was a few years back. So it's nice when you see someone mm -hmm. like grow into their their musical ability and like keep going with it and stuff. I, sure. I just love that. Yeah. That's great, man. Happy to hear <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the, the community of drummers, like the community of friends, I love to see like when you post on Instagram, oh. so great. Like, oh, you know, no. you're, you're supportive and everyone's, everyone's supporting each other. And I see you like going out and seeing Danny Carey play and, you know, oh, yeah. you guys are friends and, and Dave Lombardo and like the whole group. Roy yeah, probably like 90% of my friends are drummers. Yeah, and all good friends. And we have a great, like you said, a great community, you know? Yes, Way different yeah. from anyone else in the band, but drummers are coolest. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. Like, there's something about the yeah. fact that we are in the back, and we're kind of like, mm -hmm. hitting, like, we're not, you know, up in the front. We're not, you know, right? It, like, the, the face of it, like you can still go to the store and not be <laughs> you know what's funny? So check this out. Yesterday, I'm I'm walking around. We played um um uh, Memphis. You know, at Elvis is a Graceland, the theater right there. And I'm walking around, and there's this dude walking. This older guy he goes, he goes, you in the band? I go, yeah. He goes, you're the drummer. <laughs> you were correct, sir. How about that? Is this the way I walk? What is it? He's just, you know, I know I'm like this, but that was pretty funny. And after the show, goes, you rocked it, man. You rocked it. So that was cool. Yeah. I love that. And it is nice to be recognized, of course, because like yeah. that's what you that's what you do for a living, you know. So, mm -hmm. so that's a nice part. But then it also is nice to like not be bombarded all the time and like be able to live live like a normal human and a oh, lot man. of people. I'll go anywhere. I don't care. You know what I mean? Right? So I mean all the restrictions obviously on tour you can't, but yeah. I mean I, right, I, I right. I'm always around, you know. But I think it is like it is some there's something about being like in the back and behind the drums and you know you kind of like you connect with other drummers in that aspect where like you're you're a rock star but you're still like mm -hmm. a human and you don't get like the I don't know the I don't know what it is but you don't your head doesn't get too big about it I guess and and it and then it causes you to really kind of like just connect with other drummers who have that same perspective yeah. and the same attitude we all have the same thing, you know, feeling about that. So, yeah, Absolutely. it's great. I mean, Tom Hunting, you know, from Exodus, the guy Phil Lynn was there and Dave Lombardo and, and Will Carroll from Death Day. It was a family reunion because these are my first two bands I played in. So oh, it was so I much fun. It. I Eddie love it. And, yeah. At any time, like any time there's a hang with drummers, anytime there's like a you know, we used to do the artist sessions with Zildjian and like get everyone in a city together to just hang that out with each other. All that, that was stuff. Was, oh my gosh, so much fun. That was so good. That last one that we had in LA was a blast too, I remember. <laughs> um, 
but like it's it is like a family reunion like we we are family and it's like the just the greatest community i love it so much it really is, yeah. And uh, it's funny, like Danny and I, we stay in touch. You know, they're on tour, and like I'm finally on tour. He's happy, and they're in Sweden. We're like, I heard you got this kit. <laughs> it's just like we're always we're just gearheads, and that's come we yeah. just listen to '70s progressive rock or Genesis. Yes, Jethro. <laughs> we just geek out, man. It's great, and we we still have that passion, and that's a good thing. We haven't lost it, and uh, you know, yeah. it's always, you're always learning from someone else. You know what I mean? Always, always. And I think that's like, that's another super cool thing about drummers because like everyone's a gear geek, everybody. Like we could just talk and talk and talk about gear forever. And anyone around who is not into that is just like their eyes are rolling into the back of their head. And we are like in, in the element, like, you know, symbols, my thing, like go so deep into it. And, you know, I know we talked about Taylor, but one thing that struck struck me about Taylor Hawkins was that um he was just like that too. Like yep. so into the gear and he just like knew everything about every company's products, everything that was coming out and you kind of think to yourself like, you know, Taylor's a superstar and he's in the Foo Fighters and he's touring the world and you know, sold out arenas and all of that, but like at the end of the day, he's just like us and he's a total gearhead and i loved that about him my first my first time meeting taylor um he had a tom in his hand and like uh he was with alanis morissette and it was a, a one of those big radio shows i was a white zombie this is 95 so wow. um he goes it was a slingling tom but had great shells he goes check that they're great shells and I'm like oh wow you know <laughs> He was all geeking. I'm geeking. I was like, check out my, check out, you know. So yes, yeah. I mean, it's we're yeah. It's 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 a universal language, and it and it's so connecting, and I love that about it. Um, yeah, so good. It's so so good. Um, and speaking of drums too, let's geek out a little bit because you just got a new kit. Yes, and it is fantastic, and I love that you named it Big Blue. Um, <laughs> well, New York Giants, you know, Big yeah. Blues. So. Kind of the color, yeah. It's big blue, yeah. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it is a big kit too. So this is a Tama kit. Um, is it? Is it a star kit? Is that what it is? It's a star maple kit. Yeah, and uh, I waited a good year for it. It's a big kit. I have a lot more stuff, and in my drum room, it's a giant kit, and I still have stuff that like for the cult i do the single bass and and uh, you know thirteen, sixteen, eighteen. I brought the eight, ten concert toms. You know, the tribute to Taylor. If you look at my setup, it looks, you know, kind of, and I, I, it's comfortable. It's cool. And I have a gong drum to the left. And I based it off a four GT racing car finish and, and Tom nailed it. It's a midnight blue metallic and it's gorgeous. So it I couldn't be so happier. Thank yeah. you. And they sound incredible. It's, I would say, I say this about every kit, but it's my best <laughs> so far. Like, this is our best record until our next record. <laughs> It has to be, right? It has to be the best right. record until the next one. You always one. have to achieve that goal for the next one, you yeah. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. But it is beautiful. It is Thank beautiful. You. And and also, you have a signature snare um, yes. that is really nice, too. And um, what size is it? It's a 7 by 14 two-millimeter brass. And uh, it, it's a monster. I mean, I, I, get, I, I started playing it with helmet. I, I got it way back when as a prototype. So it took mm -hmm. years. And, 
and where I could really get that sound, like the John Stanger crank it up, you know, really tight, like a Bruford sound, or I could tune it down with tune with the cold. So it has a great range, and a lot of guys are loving it out there. I mean, so many. Danny was playing it live with Tool. He oh was, wow! I gave him when he was playing it. Yeah, Joey Castillo was playing it, and uh, some oh, man. The drummer, the drummer from Fish has one. Fish. Really? Vic told me, Vic's drum shop. He goes, to, he was there all day trying snare drums out, and he bought yours. I'm like, wow. And he sends me a photo of my snare drum with Fish. I'm like, That's super cool. So nuts, right? Yeah, yeah that Ron is from, nice. uh, Ron from Mastodon um, uses it, and he recorded with the Game of Thrones, on the Game of Thrones soundtrack. I'm like, dude, that's killer, man. So Wow. I'm going to have yeah, to go back I love it. I'm really proud of it. My brother came up with the JT design, ba- you know, the, the badge. My brother mm-hmm. designed that. Keep it in the family. So. That is very – was that Mike, your brother Mike? Yes, yes. Yes, okay. So, and that was a question, too, like – I know you guys play together when you can, right? He we actually guitar. did a song for Graham Bonnet, the singer, you know, from Rainbow. Yeah, he has a yeah. new solo record out. And, and uh, his girlfriend, Bethany, uh, we're old friends and play bass. And so, you know, we've become pretty close, all of us. And Graham's like, you gotta play, You should play a song on the record. My brother wrote the song and I did, I did drums on it. So it's a great thing. It's coming out really soon. And I couldn't be happier because... Uh, you know, with Graham, he was very close with Cozy Powell, one of my drummer idols. And so I'm like, man, he's another one I have to like tell me stories about Cozy. Yes. yes. <laughs> tell me, what was he like? What did he wear that day? You know, <laughs> you know, one of those. Oh yeah. yeah. Go way, go way nerd. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, did you play with your brother while you guys were growing up? Did you no. guys play together? No, no? we didn't. You know, Mike uh, is two years younger, and he, he started playing later on in life, and I was playing with bands, and, you know, but uh, we were able to jam a couple times. It's weird. It's funny because he was in Power Man 5000, Rob Zombie's brother, Spider, and, you know, I'm in Rob. So we had the two brothers, but we never toured at that time. Like, it made no sense. And we had the same management. Like, why are we touring together? I don't right. know. Mystery. You would think that that would, that would be something that would happen. And That's they funny. did a great record. And my, you know, that record went platinum on them, you know, and it's like they were, they were, they were big back then. So I don't get it. But yes. Too bad. And that was like that time in music history too. Like I think about, I think about those years because like, you know, I had started drumming kind of mm-hmm. like shortly before that and music wise, it was su- such a formative time, like in my, in my experience. But um, I also think about the industry at the time and like how much fun everything was. And I know we talked oh. a little bit about before a little bit about this before we started recording, but you know, though that time frame was just a blast. Like you must have the funnest stories from being on the road <laughs> and yeah. like just just yeah, just like living it up in that time. The 90s were great. For music, especially bands, you know, what you want to call them new metal or whatnot, and yes. zombie. We were great at the time. The record was like in the top ten for a few months, you know. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it just happened. Like from Testament to White Zombie, then writing this song, and like, and there was like more human than human. It's like I just started playing this drum beat, like a bottom beat, and Rob was like, keep playing that. He had a four track recorder. It became this huge thing. I didn't I, honestly. I didn't think that song would make the record, and it became this blah, 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 with the you know with the synthesizer and then yep. Rob's vocal, slide guitar, and, and then the video on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, 
I think about that. I think about that song and it is like magic. Like those elements came together to create this classic, like it, it was just so good. You All just those never know. Yeah. Like, like I said, doing the record, um, when I was recording it, cause this is before the keyboards and all that came up, we're just doing this, mm -hmm. you know, basic tracks. I'm like, all right, where's this going to go? And it just became this giant thing. Incredible. Rob's in the, you know, when he was recording it, he would be watching like old horror movies, just getting inspiration, just recording his tracks. And it was, it was, I wish I had more photos and video of the actual session back then and the recording, but mm -hmm. you know, there's good memories in the head, but I do have a couple photos of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was kind of like the time before the time before everybody had like a cell phone or, you know, even right. camera like, phones weren't even that popular, right? Like, and now, now yeah. everything. Is if you didn't have a real camera on you, that's it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's yeah. so cool, though, that he was, that he was watching old horror movies. Yeah, like, too easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, of yeah, course, that, that's where you got the inspiration. Yeah, that is, that's so interesting. And I always ask that question. I'll ask you too. Um, where do you find creative inspiration? Like, are you into anything that you pull from, um, out, I mean, is from music or like outside of music? Like, for example, with him pulling ideas and themes from horror movies, um, mm -hmm. where do you find your creative inspiration from? Uh, honestly, it goes back to like the, the, uh, the people inspired me back in the day. Like there's those handful of drummers and it, it's the seventies rock, which I love. I mean, like, you know, being a kid and I, I just, those are the best memories to me. So, and you know, but I'll listen to everything. I mean, it'll, it'll go from Zeppelin to Sabbath to Aerosmith to Bad Company to Thin Lizzy to, you know what I mean? And it gets heavier from the, but all those drummers, you know, and Simon Phillips, I was just texting with Simon. I was geeking out because I was like, so or did you use this fiberglass drum kit on the first Michael Schenker record? And like, and we're like geeking. So I'm like, and I'll, I won't stop. So I, I better cut this off. <laughs> <laughs> so, like or like, like Terry Bozio and so, I was like I can't I know these people it's like it's still nervous around them that's what I'm saying so yeah you know Simon <laughs> you know you know that Simon's like so happy to have those questions because that like every you know you oh want he, to talk and he he did a detailed thing about the recording with Mike's use with studio and who he was oh man you know him he'll he'll just get into him like whoa this is great and so what about the next record then and, and he'll still keep going so yeah 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 he and he goes for a fan and you know amazing yeah he, he i love it he i love it he's such a sweetheart he is he he is oh, such he, a sweetheart he remembers every, every detail he does and that's a come he's so incredible i mean the detail to his drumming just you know the finesse just everything it's simon as we know right He's Simon. I mean, he is Simon. That's all That's all you need to say, really. Um, I did have a really great yeah. conversation with him recently. We've been talking a lot because he he went up and did a, a Drumeo um, masterclass recently. So yes. in setting that up, we've just, we've been talking a ton. And, you know, we talked about how he always sets up his drums on wood, on a wood floor. It has to be a wood floor. There cannot be a Why rug. Would? Yeah. plywood yeah and he has like his his platform his plinth that he that he has that is always with his kit 
And, you know, I love how specific he is about sound down to the tiny details. It just makes me so happy, you know? And me too. And, and the best thing about Simon is he always has the monstrous kid. He'll never scale down. That's his setup. He's comfortable with it. And I love that, man, you know? Yeah. Simon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's it. Simon. It's, it's, it's just Simon. And the sound, one of the best film sounds ever, honestly. Yeah. He knows. He knows how to tune and obviously plays Tom Jones. He's one of the oldest artists. So one of the best Trump yeah. companies, as we know. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to end this without reading this quote because I read this quote and I was like, this is so good. Um, Eric Peterson of Exodus said of you, John is definitely one of the best drummers in the country. He has the power of John Bonham, the finesse of Carter Beaufort and the, the aggression of Dave Lombardo as a drummer. John really has it all. Oh. And I was just like, how beautiful is that? And that kind of just oh. like sums up, it sums it all up, you know. Those are really, um, really nice words from Eric, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty close actually. When we wrote the low record testament, it was just him and I. You know, he had the riffs, and we just go there every day and work together. So, you know, we have a good chemistry, and he's a good friend. It was amazing to see him, and uh, great guitar player. There's another, you know, great fond memories too, because I'm very proud of that record, the low record, and that's when I first went to Zilton and I recorded Zilton's on that record. Mm-hmm. Very went to cool. studio. Yeah. Brent Brent came down to the studio. He was there for the recording. That's so great. Well, you're on tour right now with the cult. You have some more tour dates happening. Yes. And and then you have um the Whiskey Go Go on May 15th with Motor Sister. Correct. Okay. And then how is your summer looking? Like where will you be? Will you be back in LA? Do you have other things uh, happening? After the Mother Sister show, I leave May 20th for the UK. We're doing six arena shows, co-headlining shows with Alice Cooper out right. in, in the UK. And then I'll see like Tina Clark and all the, you know, all our friends, you know, hopefully Bob will show up. Yeah. yeah and sure. uh, yeah. Uh, and after that, we have a month off in June and July we we're, we're doing a headlining tour and, yeah, it's not announced yet, so I don't want to say anything. So that's for like a month. And then we'll do another uh, U.S. run, I think, September, October. So this is what I'm hearing. Still, still trying to get it together. So oh, and maybe sure. yeah. the dates in between. Because everyone in Motor Sisters is busy, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Scott, yeah. Scott with Anthrax and Joey Vera is doing Norman Stain as well as Merciful Fate. And Jim plays with Daniel and Wah. So. Yeah, and Pearls does her thing. So, yeah, when we find a time, we have like, an, hopefully one week of dates we could do. So, yeah, yeah, that'll be so good. It's just, it's nice to just see things happening again and everyone back out yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, I feel such a relief, man. I got to be honest with you. Me too. Feels I feel the same way. It feels, <laughs> it feels so good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, John, I'm going to put some links in the description and in the podcast show notes for everyone to make sure that they're following along with you right. on Instagram and that they have the dates that you'll be out there and can come in and check you out and um, and see what you're up to. So I just want to say thank you so, so much for being here today. Spending oh, some time. My pleasure. That was so much fun. <laughs> Always good to catch up with you, Sarah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um, and I'll okay. see you soon. I am sure we're going to run into each other somewhere or another mm -hmm. soon. In the meantime, you take care. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.